get to know Utah, Lynn Roberts, the head coach here to help us do it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddahl, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. Monday through Friday, we talk past, present, future women's basketball. Saturday is WNBA Draft, and it is not just me. It is the entire team over at thenexthoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces every single month on the women's game. The great Isabel Rodriguez will be out in Salt Lake City this weekend doing more of the same. We cover it. Make sure you support $9 a month, $72 a year for the reporting on women's basketball we have always wanted. And boy, we've had a lot of reporting about Utah and Lynn Roberts, your program. We talked about getting nerdy and we're going to get into it, but it's first and foremost, so much fun to watch. I'm just wondering, you were a gunner as a player, as I understand it. I was. How much would you have wanted as Lynn Roberts, the player, to be in this system and play for yourself? <laughs> I don't know if I would have played for myself. I've been too much me. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun system, and, and, you know, it's predicated on shot selection, uh, shot quality versus, you know, how many did I make because <laughs> shot quality – is a direct correlation with shot making. So if we're taking great shots, uh, you know, our skill development, we shoot a ton in practice. Uh, I was just planning practice for tomorrow and we're, you know, we, we get up hundreds a day in practice fast. Uh, so yeah, I would, it would have been fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fun system where you have the green light. If it's a great shot, you can take it at any time. Um, yeah. I mean, it shows. And again, so segment one, we're going to get into some of the mechanics of how you do it. Segment two, I want to talk more about how you got here. But just to like set the scene, and I, I will admit I'm on the East Coast. So it requires staying up late in order to be able to see you guys play. Worth it. Worth it. I have given up sleep, untold <laughs> amount of sleep. I appreciate that, Howard. I appreciate that. It is you know, the net result is a 25 and four record, but it goes beyond that. You know, you can get caught up in points per game because you guys are top 50 in pace, but it's, it's not just that it's points per 100 possessions. Yeah. You are fourth in the country, 113 points per 100 possessions. So you guys are going out there day in and day out and scoring on again, some of the best defenses in the country. You know, just the idea that you're scoring a lot is one thing, but being able to do it in the Pac-12, where there's Stanford, where there's USC and the type of defense that Lindsey Gottlieb's team plays and Corey Close and UCLA, like it, it's not an easy place to do it. And I guess I just wonder, you come to Utah in 2015, you're looking at what this program can be. How much does this year, this 25 and four year with so many offensive fireworks come close to like the ideal of what you were looking to build here? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think, you know, when I took this job eight years ago, it was pretty flatline. 
And I always joke that my timing of taking over a program in the Pac-12 was bad. You know, since 2013, we've had six different teams in the Final Four. Uh, you know, of course, there's always Stanford, who always manages to be, you know, a top five team in the country, regardless of who's on their roster. Um, it's a tough league. And, you know, there is a lot of East Coast, you know, a lot of people on the East Coast and most of the media is out there you know, are not familiar with how good this league is. I mean, it is just ridiculous uh, and competitive and the coaching is elite. Um, so you, it is not just, oh, we've got better talent so we can roll the ball out and expect to win. Uh, you've got to prepare. You've got to scout. Your team has to put the work in on that end. So when I took the job eight years ago, I saw the potential here. You know, Salt Lake City is an incredible city. I'm from California. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know much about it when they called. I mean, I'd been here, but not really been here. And uh, we love it here. And it's it's kind of the best kept secret in the country, although the flocks of Texans and Californians and everybody moving here has changed that. But uh, it's awesome. But so I saw the potential. Salt Lake City is a basketball town, you know, Majerus and all those guys and you know, the Utah Jazz and, and the University of Utah is the only show in town when it comes to college sports. And so, you know, it's two million people. There, there's an opportunity here. And but I knew it was going to be hard and it has been hard. Right. Uh, anything new, you do something for the first time, it's going to be challenging. People are going to call you crazy for saying, hey, we can get 10,000 fans here and we can win a Pac-12 championship. Mm -hmm. You know, my first couple of years, you kind of get patted on the head like that's cute. That's cute that you think that. Uh, and that just, you know, motivates me, but to your point, you know, the season we've had, we shared the PAC 12 championship with Stanford. Um, you know, we're a two seed in the NCAA tournament this week. So we have gotten to a point where I knew was possible, but you know, I don't know that very many other people shared in my belief through the process. It's interesting to me. Again, you talk about the year you have this year. Obviously, you jump from last season, making the tournament. Um, I think we were 21 and 12 last year, if memory mm -hmm. serves. And yeah. you had a quote, and, and it jumped out at me. Uh, I remember at the time it happened. And then it's. I noticed when I was researching, getting ahead for the show, it's in graph one of your bio now, right on the site. And you said, it is time for us to pivot to being great. This has clearly been your message from media day on through Tell me where that comes from. Tell me why in your mind that was where you guys were at. Because clearly you've gotten there. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you got to know your team. And last year we were so young. We started two freshmen, two sophomores. Uh, and we don't have a single senior on this year's team, which is kind of crazy. Um, but just, you know, you know the locker room. You know the vibe of where you're at. Uh, and also, you know, you put things out there like make a statement as this is what we're intending to do and state your intentions. Like that's a big thing for me, like state your intentions. Uh, then you have, a, then you have a target. And I was, I, I did not want to, and I do not want to live in the, I can keep my job cause we're good enough. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not in this for that. I'm too competitive. I'm too crazy. Like all of us coaches are uh, that that's not what I want. That's not why I came here to be good enough. And you know, everywhere I've been, we've done things that have never been done in their program's history. Uh, I love doing things that people say you can't do. I think as being raised with brother, older brothers that have told me, no, you can't. Um, it's just in, in my wiring. And so I, I just sensed that we were ready. And I've told this story many times, but last year, 
you know, we had a great tournament run. We lost in the Pac-12 championship to Stanford and, and then we go down to Texas. They were the two seed in Austin and we were the seven seed. We play Arkansas in the first round and got a good solid win one by 20 something. And then we played Texas at Texas and they beat us and they were better. And, you know, they had all their crowd and um, we got beat. And I went into the locker room to try to kind of talk to the team and pump them up and, you know, give them a little perspective on what we'd achieved being so young and blah, blah, blah. And they were having none of it. And they, they looked like their dogs had died and, and the world was coming to an end. They were, they were pissed off for lack of a better. Mm. And, you know, I walked out of there feeling a little dejected because they, I couldn't motivate them as a coach. You know, it's like, come on guys. Uh, you know, the ego of like, come on, you're not even going to give me a head nod. And, but also more so walking out of there thinking, uh, wow, that's good. These guys, their, their heads are in the right place. And, um, so yeah, it was just kind of, it, it was time. Like, let's stop talking about it, hoping about it. Let's start doing it. My question on the other side of it is you, you scheduled like you were ready yep. to take that next step forward. And, you know, people may overlook it, Southeastern Louisiana as an early win, but you guys beat them by 37. That's a team that took LSU down to the final minute. Mm -hmm. uh, you go out and get a win over Alabama's in the field. You get a win over Mississippi's in the field. Was there a moment early on in the non-conference schedule where you said, um, you know, oh, I'm seeing it. It's not just I know they're ready to do it off the court, but, you know, clearly it's coming together the way I wanted it to. Yeah, and we did schedule that way knowing that we, I thought we were ready. And even if we had lost a couple of those games, uh, it was going to help us. Because uh, those are, you know, those are good teams that you mentioned. And, uh, you know, those are not, quote unquote, bad losses. I think when I first thought, mm -hmm. OK, we've got something is the Ole Miss game. So we we were in the, a tournament, uh, a, one of those offsite. We were in the Bahamas and we played Alabama and it was close and we got we beat them. And that was a great win. Uh, and then we played Ole Miss two days later uh, and they came to play. Uh, they they came at us and it was a great game. It was one of those games where it's unfortunate a team had to lose because both teams just emptied the tank and left it all out there. Uh, and we were down with a minute to go. We came back and won. And um, I mean, we took Ole Miss's best shot and mm. and beat them. And they could have easily won that game too. They're very good. Uh, but that's after that game. I thought, okay, we might have something here. Um, so and then we just were on a roll from then from then on. Coach Coach Joe's always gonna bring her teams. Around. Oh yeah. She was ready, man. She was, she had them ready. No question about it. So we'll get into some of the personnel who made this great and about your journey as well. Uh, coming up in segment two, first though, want to let people know about a brand new sponsor and it's called ultimate NBA GM, ultimate pro basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, this is the chance for that dream to come true. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You can hire the right coaches and assistants, trade for the right players, make draft picks, and navigate a franchise, even through free agency, all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable online. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Now, 
Locked On Women's Basketball listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the Dame Store. So make sure to check it out. Download the Dame. Just go to probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. And if you do what I'll do, we're going to let them know WNBA GM would also be something that we ought to have there as well. So let's talk about Alyssa Peely. And I, it's, it's a weird thing to say how much you enjoy this, but I like to go to her shot charts and just see where she's getting her shots. Did you guys play fast? You guys are doing this against elite defenses all season, but she, this year, she gets 51.6% of her shots right at the rim, another 26.7 in the paint, and then it's just a sea of blue in the mid-range. She's taken one shot from one quadrant all season in the mid-range, <laughs> seven, six, and seven, you know, basically nothing. And obviously you take her back out to the three-point line, and she's deadly from beyond the arc. I know this dovetails with your philosophy is that kind of the best case scenario for what you could have hoped? Or do you think there's even another level for her to reach at the offensive end in terms of shot selection? Yeah, she, she has been great. And when, when we got her and why I was so excited about the potential of getting her is because of her, you know, I've described her all season as kind of a unicorn. She's so unique. Uh, she's so powerful. You know, she, we list her at six, two, that's being generous. Um, she's six foot six, one, but she, you know, so she's not as tall as those that she's that are defending her, mm-hmm. uh, but she's more powerful and stronger. Uh, and then, you know, her three point shooting ability has come on, but we, again, we, it, that's development. We shoot so many to where she's really confident in that. Uh, but, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, she was in our last 10 games, 11 for 15 from the three at the top of the key, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good for your son. Uh, you know, so those, those are incredible shots. So yeah, I think with our, like you said, that dovetails what we're trying to do offensively. We have a whole section on the floor that we call a death shot. You cannot take those shots unless there's one second left on the shot clock kind of thing. Uh, you know, an air horn goes off in practice if you shoot it. And so by the end of the season, no one's taking them and we do, we're big and we can get into this, but we're big on shot selection for us and our opponent. We graph it. We chart it. We show them after the games. Uh, and, you know, the players now, they can see why, you know, the method to the madness of why, yes, maybe you can make three out of ten of those. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you could. Maybe four. Uh, but it's only worth two, and you're going to make six or seven of those out of ten around the basket and three or four out of those at three point, and those are worth more. So it, it's simple math. Uh, it really is. And – um, Alyssa has played to that. And to your question of, do you, I think there's more to her? Absolutely. You know, she's, she's a, she'll, she'll be a WNBA player. Um, but she's not going to be a center. And mm-hmm. so her guard skills, we need to continue getting better at that. Um, but she's got just huge hands. I mean, she's, she can just pick up the ball when she shoots a free throw, like she dribbles it and catches it in her mm-hmm. hand while she's doing it. I mean, just stuff you don't see in women's college basketball very often. Uh, so I think that's going to help her in her skill development, but she can really pass catch. So just working on her perimeter, uh, attacks and that, then, and skill that way, that'll be this off season. I think you may have answered my next question, which is that she has been, and this is even before she got there, a terrific rebounder 
despite her size. You know, you talked about the players who were defending her and who she's defending, um, but she has consistently outperformed in that metric. Is that it? Is it just the, her enormous hands? I, I and strength. Yeah, okay. and strength. You know, she can, you know, we've got, like everybody else, we've got a group of practice guys that are, you know, college men that that played high level high school or some even played like NAI and stuff. But these are these are big boys, 200, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds. And they kind of get the wide eyed look when she pushes them to post up or pushes them to, to box out. Um, she's just so powerful and strong. You cannot move her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's got great timing and instincts and then the big mitts that can catch anything. Yeah, she's going to, I mean, she's built for the W. And I know we talked a little bit about this uh, during your press conference uh, last week about the fact that I hear from W coaches who are looking at the offense you're running. So obviously it puts people in a position to be able to play at that next level. That's why and this might be a whole other podcast, why I thought Megan Huff should have gotten more of an opportunity yeah. to play in yeah. the league. I know she got brief periods of time, but I absolutely think she's a WNBA level she player. She and, is. And, and I, I hope she gets another chance, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, clearly – that's a place where she can go. When you were talking to Alyssa about coming to Utah, is that part of the conversation for you guys? And generally speaking, is that part of your thinking about the players you develop at Utah? Yeah, I think we play a style that that fits to strengths. And, um, and, and there is so much movement and ball movement. It's not stand around and watch somebody. We're not built for that. Like it's not I'm going to, you know, space it out and one person's going to create their own shot. Mm-hmm. We're going to space you out and move you and we're going to create shots for each other. Uh, and it, and it's, you know, it's, it's been effective, but yeah, I think it does, you know, someone like Alyssa, when we recruited her, I told her, this is how I see it playing out. Like, this is what I think you could do here, but you've got to do your part. You've got to get in better condition and you've got to take care of your body better and you've got to kind of change how you move. Um, and to her credit, she has completely bought into that and still gets up early and works with our strength coach. And, um, you know, she's, she has, and when you, as a player, when you see success and you see it working, it it makes it easier when that alarm goes off in the morning. Yeah, no doubt. And she has seen it. And, uh, to that work with your strength coach last year, she was at 40% uh, right around the rim this year at 66, eight. Yeah. Uh, even though she's taking a lot more of those shots, so she's doing it in volume too. So you are you are seeing that jump, and and then you know, like you said, this is it's such a young team, which is such a scary thing, I'm sure, uh, for your opponents to see when you go 25 and four, looking to bring everyone back. But Gianna Nipkins is just again, she's a handful of free throws away from going 50, 40, 90 for you. this year and 42% from three on 5.4 attempts, just a sophomore. Uh, Take me through what has allowed her to take a jump. I mean, my God, she's at 60% from two. I know she's, she's a stud and I think it's helped her with Alyssa to have Alyssa. It's taken some pressure off of her just as a sophomore because she is still a puppy. Um, She's handled it this this year really well. She was Pac-12 freshman of the year last year, the only freshman on the all-conference team. So a lot of a lot of eyes on her this year. Was that a fluke? Was it, you know, whatever? She's done a tremendous job. I think what separates her 
what makes her different is she is the most coachable kid. And she just came up into my office 20 minutes ago. Today's our day off sweaty because she had just gotten up her 500 threes. Her work ethic is unbelievable. She's someone that we have had to throughout the season monitor uh, so that she does get rest um, so that she's not overtraining and not doing too much, but she wants to be elite uh, but she's the most humble, down-to-earth kid you can imagine. You know, drinks milk at dinner, truly. And uh, just, you know, just good, just a good kid. Comes from a great family. You know, work ethic is everything. And and um, and she's just kind of understated in her demeanor. You don't, you know, so she doesn't get a lot of the attention that way. But I think she likes it that way. She doesn't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about awards. She doesn't care. She just wants to win and be as good as she can be. So she's she's kind of old school that way. She may have to make peace with more attention. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Unfortunately, people like me are going to keep talking about her. So we'll, 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 we'll have to work on that together. Well, so I want to talk big picture with you. Uh, and uh, But first, I need to tell people about Built Bar. And Built Bar has a March Madness bracket. Uh, you, we know you have a favorite built bar or puff and now's your time to make it count. So you can go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. Now you guys who listen know I'll be voting for the cookie dough puff. Uh, it's the thing that's going to allow me to get through Saturday. There's going to be a double header. I'm going to drive down to Villanova Going to be covering multiple games Going to be eating those because they have only eight grams of sugar, 17 grams net protein. It will allow me to edit all of our incredible team all over the country. So make sure you go vote for that bar. But more to the point, make sure you enter because 50 Locked On listeners are going to get a free box of Built Bars. Uh, one Locked On fan would get a 12-month subscription to Built. And then you have the best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door instead of the way we do it in our house where my wife says, oh, my God, we're out of built bars and I go order it for us. So you got to go get these protein bars. Absolutely the best 100 percent real chocolate packed with protein built MarchMadness.com, and tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. So it, it's easy sometimes, I think, when teams have their moments and coaches have their moments for the general public to miss out everything that's led up to this. And I don't want that to go unnoticed. I don't want people to, to miss the fact that you went to Pacific and you took Pacific on through a conference change. You won coach of the year award, thus in two different conferences along the way you have built programs specific before that chico state take uh, took chico state to the division two final four if memory serves right i I mean this is something that has been a long time coming to this moment and i guess i wonder what it's been like for you personally here to see that kind of attention for people to now begin to understand what you have brought to the table here for several decades of excellence in this profession well, I appreciate that, Howard. I, I don't, I, I, it makes me uncomfortable to talk about myself. It's not my, uh, it's not my forte. I think I've always been, you know, I'm a farmer's daughter and my mom's a school teacher. Uh, I, I've, you know, I've had an incredibly blessed life, but I've had to work for everything I've gotten. 
And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I played division two basketball and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Like kids get caught up in, Oh, it's gotta be division one. No, it doesn't. And, you know, it's about, it's, it's just all about the good stuff, but I, I have, I've worked for everything I've got. Nothing's been handed to me. Um, and I've always been given opportunities maybe when I was too young to get them. When I took Chico state over, I was 25. When I got the Pacific job, I was 29. I was the youngest division one head coach in the country. Uh, I thought I was ready. I'm sure I probably wasn't. Um, but I've been able, I've been very blessed to been given opportunities to, to learn, to grow, to develop, to fail. Um, and so I've learned by doing, and, uh, there is something gratifying. And this is what again drives me of doing things that have never been done, doing things when people say you can't do them, uh, creating something out of something that isn't there. Like that is what drives me. And I love the underdog role. And I know we're shifting now into not being an underdog, but we're, we're still not talked about. We're still not respected like the other teams that would be in our league if they were 25 and four and Pac-12 champs and all that stuff. But I don't care. Like all that, I don't need that to motivate me. I don't need that to validate what we're doing. Um, that's not what's ever motivated me is other people's opinion or uh, it, it's quite the contrary. So um, that's just kind of how I am wired. And, and, you know, I think leadership is, is a, kind of a yin yang one of confidence. You've got to be really confident in who you are and how, what you think it takes and, you know, it being turning a program around what you need to do. But I also think you have an equal dose of humility of learning, of listening, of, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, at the end of the day, this is on me. Uh, how can I be better? How can we be better? What am I not seeing? What am I not doing? But then at the end of the day, being confident in your ability to do those things. So, Again, I'm, I'm humbled that we're here, uh, but I know it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of consistent. It's not a fluke. It's not lucky. Um, you know, we've, we've put the time in and worked our tails off. And I, I like to think we've done things the right way in terms of treating people well and um, following the rules. And uh, so I'm, I'm very uh, um, satisfied and it's gratifying to be where we're at right now. Well, and rightly so. And it's, been wonderful to see from afar. I am obviously delighted here on the East Coast that this game is on Friday night at 7.30 Eastern time. So thank you for that. You know, I, I'd, I'd have had the extra cup of coffee for the chance to see you guys play, but this works out very nicely for me as well. And so to our listeners, I cannot stress to you enough, watch Utah play any chance you get. And quite frankly, I think there's every chance you're going to be watching them play for a while. And might just be seeing each other coach in Dallas in a couple of weeks. So all well, the best to you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Howard. I very, very much appreciate it. Wonderful to see you. Thank you to our listeners for making us your first listen every day. We will be back with you tomorrow talking more about the madness ahead. Until then, I am Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful day. Welcome to Wallet. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. 